Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm Chris Terracon, subbing today for Carrie and Tholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Canarak and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Canarak was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and, as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting, and, in the alternative, because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued our review of defense attorney Edward Belinkus's cross-examination of Mr. Goodwin, as he explored the various grievances held by the witness and his girlfriend against the defendant. In this installment, we conclude our look at Belinkus's cross as he tries to impeach the credibility of the witness's account of the shooting itself. That's all coming up right after the break. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. At the end of our last episode, defense attorney Edward Belinkus asked Robert Goodwin whether he told the police that he went back into the house before the shooting in an apparent effort to undermine the credibility of the witness's testimony, that he actually witnessed the shooting. Prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn objected to the question, and Judge Stephen Taylor sustained the objection. As we begin today, Judge Taylor again invites Belinkus to move on to a different line of questioning. Now, you observed Lauren Cataract walking to Michael Barrison. Is that your testimony? Correct. And did you hear what Lauren Cataract said to Michael Barrison? She said she would talk to him and as she was walking. I'm asking what she said to him, not you. I think she started to say something, and then Michael reached, pulled the gun out and shot her. When you say he reached, weren't you still... Weren't you still blocked by that huge bush and could only see from his chest up as you've testified to? So the other day he stepped forward and reached out his arms before he shot Lauren. So, no. Did you see him on the telephone at any point? No. Did you see Michael Barrison's phone on a table in that general area at any point? I saw a gun in Michael's hands, no phone. And when did you see this gun? When he pulled it up and shot Lauren. Now, you said Michael Barrison's about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, Correct. And you were standing on the, the label. How far up on his body could you see him from that location? I think chest, chest up. So from maybe, about... Maybe a little higher. Okay, so about from here to me? Somewhere about there, yeah. And, and it's your testimony that he picked the, the weapon up high enough for you to see it over that bush and fire two shots into Lauren Cataract. As Lauren was approaching Michael to have this conversation that Michael said he wanted to have with us, he took a step forward towards Lauren, raised up his hands and shot. So his arms were to, you understand what I'm saying? He stepped out from behind the bush at that point. He took one step from behind the bush when he shot. 
He was aggressively, well, not aggressively, sorry. Took a step towards Lauren when he took the shot, when he raised up the gun. All right, so let me see if I understand what you're saying. If you're on the porch, the bush is approximately, what, eight feet away from where you're standing? About, yeah. And it's as high as Michael Barrison's chest, correct? Correct. Okay, and even though you're elevated, you only see from here up, correct? Correct. Now, it's your testimony from that position that Michael Barrison takes a step, what, to my right? Towards the gravel driveway. Okay. Towards Lauren, where she was standing. And raises his hand and shoots her. Correct. Now, how tall is Lauren Canterac? Five, 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 six. Okay. Well, can I assume he didn't raise the gun up this high to shoot at Lauren Canterac over five, five? I think that would be pretty accurate, yeah. Okay, and this is based on what you're testifying you, you saw. The gun was about where when he fired the shots that like, straight out from his arm as I'm holding it? Approximately four feet, correct? Approximately. I'm sorry. What do you, would, how how what high saying? was his arm raised? He raised his hand. He extended his arm. And you could see that over the bush. Do we have a picture? I'll show I'll, 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 he stepped one step forward out. One step forward out. To the driveway, which was enough to be unconcealed by the bush 100%. And I don't know if that bush was there, if it would block his arms. Because like I said, I definitely could see his shoulders. I saw his arms come up when he talked to me, when he came up to talk to me. So if he held his gun up, you know, I think it would be pretty reasonable to say that I saw it still. If he stood in the exact same position, he tried to lure us out of the house from when you say lure us out of the house, you and both Lauren came out on your free will, correct? I think he tried to pull us to his area. I came out to the porch. I did not want to conversate with him. I told him the attorneys will handle it. I believe his intention was to pull us out of the house. I asked you when you first observed Michael Barrison if you would describe him as sorrowful. And you didn't even seem like you understood what I was asking. Is that a fair statement? I, yes, I did not recall it. I don't know. And also, you were very vague about was he sorrowful within the two years that I've ever met him. I had no context. No, no. I'm talking about. I didn't know that. Moments before the shooting. I'm talking about the day of the incident. Did you tell the police in your official version he looked really sorrowful? Page four, bottom of the Page first four. paragraph. Where is it at? Page four, bottom of the first paragraph. You need my glasses? No, I can see this. Um, bottom of the first paragraph. Did you describe your observations of Michael Barrison immediately before the shooting as sorrowful? It says here I did, and... Do you recall I, that? I don't recall saying this, no. Is there I, any I, doubt? I left a statement when Lauren was dying in the hospital. Well, when I thought Lauren was dying in the hospital, or possibly not alive. Okay, and, so. and at that point... Is it fair to say that you had no love loss for Michael Barrison and you weren't saying anything trying to protect him? What is fair to say is I think this is consistent with what I'm saying is sincere, sorrowful, he tried to draw us out of the house to him so he could shoot us. Did you say I could only see from the chest and above and he said something like he looked really sorrowful, you know. What did you just say? You believe that to me? He looked sincere in saying, how do we work this out? I personally did not care because... But my 
specific question is, did you use the term sorrowful? It says right here, I said sorrowful. I okay. agree. So, will you agree with me that calm and sorrowful is a huge difference between angry... I never said he was angry. And would you agree with me that based on your entire observations, the entire incident, he never appeared angry, correct? Correct? Well, we just went over this, yes. Now, you just testified on to my last question that you observed Michael Barristone shoot Warren Cataract from the landing on top of the stairs, correct? Correct. I was on the landing. Did you tell the police in your official statement that before the shooting, you came down the stairs? Came down the stairs from? Before the shooting. Yes, I was upstairs on the third floor apartment. I imagine I came down some stairs. Can you look at page three? Is it your testimony that your reference to the police that you came down the stairs that you were talking about inside of the house at that point? Is that your sworn testimony? I believe that's in reference to me coming down the stairs from the apartment. Well, when you said Lauren walked down the stairs, where was she walking down the stairs in that specific sentence? Where was Lauren when you were walking down the stairs? Was she outside at that point? She was behind me. Well, and then she you walked agree down with the me stairs. that you told the police she walked down the stairs to talk to Barisone, and then two shots were fired. Isn't it a fact you were inside when the shots were fired? Not at all a fact. Ridiculous. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Edward Belinkus next directly probes the credibility of Robert Goodwin's account of the sequence of shots fired by Michael Barrisone. Now, how quickly were these shots fired in succession? Very quickly. Now, stopwatch. Boom, boom. Okay, and then... How quickly after that was the shot you claimed was fired at you? Two, three more steps, turned to me and fired at me, so a couple of seconds. Okay, so... Some sort of a pause in between the two, two, two shots fired at Lauren, a little hesitation, maybe a pause, whatever you want to call it, aimed at me and fired at me. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Now, were those shots loud? Not overly, no. I don't think so. I mean, they were loud, yes, but... Nine millimeter, correct? Yeah, it's 
That would be a reference question, right? Well, you're familiar with nine millimeters. Was it a loud boom? It wasn't as loud as uh, Lauren's gun. Did you tell the police that after Lauren was shot, I kind of ran in the house? Did you say that? I dove into the in through the door as Michael raised the gun up at me. Did you say I ran in the house again a second time in your official statement? I dove into the house. I dove into the house. I remember seeing the tempered glass windows shattering around the floor as I was laying on the floor. So if I did it, maybe it was a misspeak. Now, you see Lauren get shot. Isn't it a fact that after she got shot, she ran away and you have no idea where she went? I did lose contact when I dove into the house of where she went, yes. And did she run around the house based on your observations? She ran away when Michael, after Michael shot at her, she turned around, ran away. Pretty shortly after, he raised the gun at me and I dove into the house, so I did not see if Lauren ran around the house. Did you ever tell anyone that Lauren disappeared and you think she ran around the house? I don't know what Lauren did after I dove in the house. Well, you weren't in the house for any length of time, correct? I dove on the floor and I got up and I charged out at the time Michael was charging in. Okay, and was Lauren there in the immediate area at that point? Lauren was there because on the conflict on the porch, when Michael brought the gun up and I had him in a chokehold, she grabbed his gun hand and tried to pull it down. Okay, I assume, so, go ahead. I assume he was going to try to shoot at me over his head, over his shoulder, but Lauren jumped on his arm and held his gun hand. Now, did you ever tell the police that Lauren Cataract was up on the stairs, grabbing at Michael Barrison's arm with a weapon in it, in your official statement. I would imagine I did say that. Where exactly when was Lauren Cataract, where you say she reached up and tried to grasp Michael Barrison? She was on the, would be Michael's front side, on the other end of me and Michael. All I saw were her hands and that they were wrapped around his arm as he was trying to pull it up. She was trying to pull his arms down. And again, I don't want to belabor this point anymore, but you don't know whether she's on the steps or she's on the ground. I was concentrating on the gun that was coming up to my head. Okay, and when when you're talking about this specific instance, Michael Barrison, is, his back is to you, correct? Correct. Lauren Canarac is, is in front of you, uh, him, correct? Correct. And had you struck him in the head at this point? It's a question, yes. And did you knock him out with that punch? No. So at some point in time, when the gun, according to you, is in Michael Barrison's hand, both you and Lauren are struggling with him to try to get the gun, correct? No, I was struggling to stop him from murdering us. Okay, well, you saw the slide back and immediately recognized that the gun was empty before you leaped out and struck him, struck him according to your testimony, correct? That is what I said. So there was no danger of any other bullets being fired based on your observations of Michael Barrison and the gun. I don't know if I was able to process what was going on. I was very unfamiliar with the gun. I did not know the full extent of processing it. I mean, I watched Lauren get shot, and yet I didn't realize she was shot until I saw the holes coming out of the back of her shirt. So it's a very sh 
stressful, fast time. We'll get to that point in a second, but let's talk about something else first. You say you physically see, not hear, but physically see Michael Barris on St. Lauren Tanner, correct? And, and it's your testimony that with that observation, you didn't even realize that she was shot. Is that your testimony? Even though you claim to have seen a gun, heard the gun fire twice, you did not realize until after you started beating Michael Barrison that he was shot, she was shot. Is that your testimony? She did not. Let me rephrase it this way. She did not fall on the ground after being shot. There is a possibility that maybe she was missed. We can throw those possibilities out of the way when I'm looking at holes coming through the back of her shirt. That is when I realized she was shot by Michael. Now, you'll agree with me when you leaped at Michael Barrison and cracked him in the face, that that was the first punch that you landed. Correct. Now, didn't Michael Barrison have his back to you at that point? No, he was charging into the house and I was leaping out of the house. When did he turn his back on you? Well, after I punched him, he looked dazed for a little bit. And then out of nowhere, just turned and went to go run off. I don't know if he was, what he, where he was running to. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. He turned around, and I don't know if he was retreating or what. But he turned around and gave me a back. And where exactly on Michael Barrison's face did you strike him? I think the forehead. When he turned his back and attempted to get away, is that when you leaped on his back and started to choke him? I'm sorry, I just, I just I just said I don't know what he was doing, so I'm not saying that he attempted to get away. Okay. He could have been going to finish killing Lauren. There's nothing that states he was trying to get away. He was a man with a gun on our property trying to kill us. I subdued him. So at some point, irrespective of what his intentions are, he tries to he walk around. away from you, correct? He turned around. Turned around. And at that point, you jump on his back and you start choking him. At that point, I threw a chokehold right on his neck. And is he still on the stairs at this point? We're either on the patio. I think we're right on the top. Not the patio. Sorry. The porch. The little porch. We're on the top of the porch at that point. Maybe one step down. I don't know. We're on the porch. So you're on... The landing or the first step going down, okay? That's what your testimony is? Yeah. Pretty close to yeah. So is it safe to assume that when you struck him in the forehead, he was on the landing? That is correct. Did he attempt to turn and walk away while he was still on the landing? Turned around. Okay. And started to walk down and only got to the first step, correct? According to what you just said. Yeah, as soon as he turned around, I was I was on his neck. Okay. As soon and as he turned around, you got to remember, this is a fight for my life, Lauren's life. Right. So, okay. as and soon as he turned around, I tried to subdue him. Okay. And where was Lauren at this point when he's at the top of the stairs trying to grab at the gun? Next time I see Lauren is when the gun comes up, Lauren jumps on his arm to protect me. At that point, we don't know the gun is jammed or anything of the fact. Like I said, even seeing it, I did not recognize, it did not process in my head that that gun was no longer a weapon because the slide was locked back. Didn't you tell the police that the reason why you decided to 
charge at Michael Barrison's because you saw that the slide was back and realized that the weapon had no bullets in it. Please show me where I was set, anywhere. We'll get to that. Now, when you were choking Michael Barrison, did he pass out? He did. And where's Lauren Canarac at that point? Lauren Canarac is on the side of the stairs. Well, we're all grouped in one section. If you got a picture, it's easier if I just show you, then I explain. Now, at this point in time, were you down on the concrete patio? I was on top of Michael, and we were both on the patio. Did you slam Michael Barrison's face into the concrete patio? He passed out, we fell onto the patio, onto the concrete patio. At any point in time in the struggle, did you punch him in the face? When Michael was coming back to, he was very, he was trying to get back up. I did punch him. How many and I did hold him down. How many times did you punch Michael Barrison in the face? I don't know. Enough to get him to not get access to the gun anymore. Do you have any idea how many punches that took? I mean, this is a fight for my life. So was I concerned about how many times I was punching the man that is trying to get up? I was not. And I, no, I do not know how many times I punched him in the face. The fact yeah. of the matter is he was trying to get back up. And did you punch him on the side of the head in both ears. Specifically, I do not know. Have you seen any pictures of what Michael Barrison looked like after you got done punching him and hitting him? <clears throat> I saw him on his first court hearing. Now, at some point in time, did Lauren Cataract start beating Michael on the side of the face with her telephone? Lauren Cataract may have hit him a few times. At that point, she was just about to pass out. And it's your testimony. I did. Go ahead. I did want her to, you know, want her to stay alive. Is is is, you know, I I don't know if it, my focus was that she just maybe compress or hold the blood in. I you know, I prefer that's what what she was would be doing. You know. Okay, but, but did she beat Michael Barrison? for approximately seven minutes no. during this incident. No. How many times did you see Lauren Cataract hit Michael Barrison with her telephone in the ear and the cheek area? A few times I've seen Lauren. She was also in the fight for her life, okay? She hit him a few times, but at this point she was very, very close to passing out, and she couldn't even stand. So I do not believe there was any sort of damage done from her hitting. She may think she did some damage. You may imply that she did some damage, but at this point, she was almost dying. Incapable of walking around at this point, correct? At this point, she was on the ground, yes. Incapable of walking up the stairs and uh, getting an object from the landing, correct? We're talking about after I subdued Michael. Yes, you're talking, you're implying before. No. Before. I'm not implying before. Listen to my question. Your testimony, correct me if I'm wrong, is that immediately after the shooting, you strike Michael, he turns his back, you choke him, you fall to the patio area, and you start to subdue him, correct? That is correct. And Lauren Kenerak is there the whole time on her knees, correct? From when I had Michael on the ground and we all we all we fell all on fell the ground. Right yes, down. she is right there with us. She's right there with you and she starts hitting her with the phone. You saw that, correct? She said that. Okay. Do you know how she got 
her phone to hit Michael Barrasol, which wasn't available to her at that point? Yeah, Mr. Belinkus, don't editorialize, okay. please. Just ask a, ask the question. Do you Did know? You do you know? I didn't. Let me ask I, didn't question. Question. I, I know. Just re-ask the question and don't editorialize. Just ask a question, Did you please. you see Lauren Canarat leave the area, walk up the stairs, grab her iPhone, come down, and then start beating Michael Barrison. She never left that, that area, correct? At that point, like I stated, she was pretty dying. much dying. Okay. And can I assume that after that, you didn't see her go back up the stairs again and get a different phone and come down and call 911? She had my phone from the minute I walked down the stairs from the apartment. Correct. So I gave it to her either. Mr. Malinkus, again, you know, we don't need your comments about the testimony. It's, it's inappropriate. Understood. You don't say correct when a witness answers. Right. Don't do it again, please. She had your phone when she came to talk to Michael Barrison, correct? She definitely had my phone, yes. And this whole shooting, the sequence of events, would be heard by the lawyer who was on the call, correct? I assume, yes. And after you struck Michael and choked him, she was down on her knees, close to dying, the entire time, correct? From that point on, yes, until the police showed up. You never saw her, and correct me if I'm wrong, her going up the stairs once or twice to get something. No. She wasn't even capable of doing that based on your observation of her medical condition, correct? Yes. Now, did you see Lauren Cataract running around in a circle at any point? when we're talking about the incident i do not i do not recall her running in a circle i recall her running away from michael and when i say run away i saw a few steps before michael aimed a gun at me and i dove inside so at any point during this incident did uh, michael barrison say anything to you after your initial discussion with him no now when you were subduing michael barrison did you tell the police that you didn't think he knew where he was at that point, or words to that effect. After I punched him or after he was choked out? After he was choked out. I mean, no, he was he was choked out, and then when he, he was coming back to consciousness is when he was moving around and trying to get up. Belinkus returns to the defense table, prompting Judge Taylor to ask him. Anything further, Mr. Belinkus? Yes, Judge, I've just gone over my notes. Did you tell the police immediately after this incident that uh, you thought Michael Sparrisone had psychological problems. Objection. After a brief sidebar, Judge Taylor rules in favor of the prosecution. The objection sustained. Mr. Goodwin, at any time during this incident, did you observe anything that would indicate that Michael Sparrisone was having psychological problems? Objection. It's the same question in a different form. Right. It was dressed up, but focusing on the, the, the question right. is not, we know you're not an expert. All right. So counsel is just asking what observations you made about the defendant. I'm not really too sure how to answer the question. All right. Ask another question, Mr. Belinkus. Now, with regards to your observations of Michael before the shooting, you've already testified that he was calm and sorrowful. Would you also describe him as sincere when he said how could we end this my first impression was yes it was a sincere sincere gesture i can tell you if he was sincere or if he was just trying to lure us out of the house okay and he mentions the term war correct 
He did. And were you aware, and did you personally see Lauren Canaract's? Oh, that's a it's a compound question. Okay. Did you see Lauren Canaract's use of the term "going to war" numerous times throughout the last two or three weeks leading up to the incident? I have no context to it, nor do I remember specifically anything you're talking about. Now, did your dog attack Michael Barrison? When we were on the concrete patio, the dog got out. I didn't have time to close the door as I was trying to control the situation. So yes, at some point, I noticed Rosie when me and Michael are tied up on the ground and I'm subduing, subduing him. Did you see Rosie biting Michael Barrison? I believe Rosie bit me as well. Did you see Rosie bite Michael Barrison? I did. Yes or no? Yes. Did you see Rosie bite Michael Barrison in his inner groin area next to his genitals? Uh, he was face down, so I couldn't, no, I couldn't imagine how that would happen, but. Now, did you break Michael's arm? I did. Did Michael pass out at any point in time during this beating? So Michael. I mean, uh, in addition to what he already testified yeah. about? When he put him in the chokehold, you mean after that after point in time? So oh, after 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 the chokehold, no. he's asking. Were you aware that Ruth Cox had a gun at the facility? No. Now, Mr. Goodwin, the day before the shooting, when the townspeople were there, at some point, did you take your finger and form it into a pistol, pretend like you pulled the trigger, mouth the words to Michael Barrison, get ready? Not at all. At this point, Belinkus tries to show Robert Goodwin photographs of Michael Barrison after the beating he rendered on the defendant. The prosecutor objects on the grounds that the witness had already testified that he hadn't seen images of the defendant. Uh, that objection was sustained. Ask something else, Mr. Belinkus, please. Mr. Goodwin, after the police arrived, you had an opportunity to see Michael Barrison there, correct? I don't know what capacity you're talking about. I did see him there after the incident, yes. And would you agree with me that his face was filled with blood? I think I was more concerned with what Lauren was I understand doing. That. But with regards to your observations of Michael Barrison, would you agree that his arm looked deformed? Did you see that? I don't know how he looked after. I did see him. I did not assess him, is I think what you're asking for, an assessment of what I thought of Michael after the incident. I assessed Lauren. My last question, the week leading up to this incident, things were extremely toxic, correct? They were tense. Can you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury why on August 3rd, 2019, you were searching Mary Hassett. Objection, judge. Objection, judge. Objection. Mr. Belinkus. Belinkus appears to suggest that Goodwin was searching for or through something belonging to one of Mary Haskins Gray's children. But the prosecution objects, and Judge Taylor sustains the objection, bringing to an end the defense cross-examination of the witness and bringing to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Michael Barrison. Join us on our next installment as we cover the conclusion of Robert Goodwin's testimony as well as the prosecution's direct examination of Detective Andreas Zaharopoulos of the Morris County Crime Scene Investigation Unit. If you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracon. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and the trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us. We hope you'll come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison. <laughs>